You're listening to the Branded Cowgirl Podcast, episode 66. Hey, hi, and howdy, you guys. Welcome back to the show. That was super lame, but you know what? I don't even care. Today's a good day. So um, I feel like I've been saying that a lot lately, but I've had a lot of good days lately, and I hope you have too. I'm so genuinely excited to have you here again for another episode. It really means the whole world to me. I do want to take a quick moment to remind you, if you have not done so already, please take two minutes, probably not even that long, 30 seconds to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for the show, um, preferably a five-star review, and you can drop a nice little comment in there for me, and I would love to read it on the show. I don't think you guys understand how much that actually helps this show grow and reach new people, and the more this show can grow, the bigger we can get, and the more awesome guests I can have on the show, and just the more opportunities we can get from this. So there's so much benefits so much benefits so many benefits from (laughs) leaving a review and I just appreciate it so much it really just makes this all worthwhile so that's my little nugget uh that I'm gonna throw in there but now I want to talk about a very special guest that we have on the show today I had the opportunity to interview Anna Kobza and for those of you who don't know she is an absolute gem of a person she is so smart and smarter than I will ever be let's just be honest here. Um, Seriously, one of my favorite parts of hosting this podcast is just getting to interview the most incredible people who are doing such amazing things with their lives. Anna Kobza is seriously nothing short of that. She is a Nebraska native, but currently she lives in the Texas Panhandle attending West Texas A&M to get her master's degree in feedlot nutrition. And aside from attending school and trying to grow her own herd of cattle, Anna is a social media rock star. Her content ranges from Western fashion to informative posts about the truths of the fed cattle industry. This chick is seriously on fire and I just cannot wait for you to learn more about her story and her mission and all the tips and advice that she has to offer. So without further ado, here is Anna. Okay, listen, the world is changing and video is becoming more and more crucial in any small business's marketing strategy. And trust me, I get it. Video is scary as heck. And coming from a photographer, I chose photos for a reason, y'all, because video just feels like a whole other freaking ball game. I mean, I barely get ready on a daily basis as it is, but now you're telling me I'm supposed to show my face on stories and make reels and TikToks and all the things, or even just take a picture of myself and post it on my feed? Yeah. But hear me out, showing up on video or in any format for that matter does not have to be a traumatizing or cringy experience. In fact, it can be really fun and it's one of the greatest ways to connect with your audience, no matter what your industry is. And connecting with your audience will eventually turn into more sales, which means more moolah in your pocket, which we could all use, right? So here's the dealio. I am hosting a free five-day challenge on this exact topic. That's right, a challenge where you can come alongside me as I walk you through methods, strategies, prompts, and more on how to show up for your people so they'll continue to show up for you. Did I mention it's free? What do you have to lose? So to sign up for the challenge and get all the details, head to sarahelrod.com slash show up challenge. That's sarahelrod.com slash show up challenge, all one word. I'll see you over there. Welcome, Anna, to the show. I'm so happy you could be here and like be, you know, let me talk to you about 
all the things, everything you do and social media and all that good stuff. Yeah, I'm so excited to be on here. Awesome. So for anybody who's listening who doesn't know who you are, what you do, do you want to just like maybe introduce yourself and kind of share? Yeah. 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 So my name is Anna Kobza. I am a Nebraska native. Um, I grew up there. I went to um, my undergrad at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, but now I am in the panhandle of Texas and I'm getting my master's um, in feedlot nutrition at West Texas A&M University. So I am mostly through my grad program here. Um, I still have a lot of work to do in the next six months, but um, I'm almost done here. Uh, And then I am looking at PhD programs um, also in feedlot nutrition um, before eventually I want to uh, work in the industry as a consultant. So um, I'm still on my uh, career path and uh, in the academic process of getting to it. That's so cool. That's really funny that you go to Texas A&M because my brother literally just moved like down the street from Texas A&M. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. So I was just there in October and got to see the campus and stuff. It's really cool. So that's super funny. So like maybe can you go into a little bit more detail about like what feedlot nutrition means for people that have no idea what that Mm -hmm. is? Yeah. I know people always, uh, kind of give me a blank stare when I tell them what I do because they, I don't think they understand that that's actually a thing. Um, so feedlot nutrition is um, what my uh, graduate degree encompasses is studying all things about feedlot production in general, not just nutrition and um, specifically, but uh, my research says target nutrition. Um, so feedlot nutrition looks at all aspects of feeding cattle. Um, and figuring out how to feed those cattle in a way that um, is both economically sustainable for the producer, um, but also allows those cattle to perform to um, their best uh, ability. So, and by performance, you know, I mean um, gaining weight and um, producing quality beef because nutrition impacts all of those things. It impacts the animal's ability to grow and the um, animal's uh, carcass quality. So, Um, My research specifically is looking at um, different types of roughage uh, in the diet and how it impacts that performance and that carcass quality as well, um, as well as room and health. So nutrition, I mean, think of it like a human nutritionist. We're just doing that for cattle, um, basically. That's cool. No, that's, I mean, mean, that's so important. I can imagine. I mean, I'm not an expert in that industry by any means, but I can just imagine how important that is. My husband being, he like comes from cattle ranching Mm -hmm. roots and all that. So, um, I think he would definitely like really have like connections with that and find that really Mm -hmm. interesting. So being in that kind of world in that industry, would you say that there's any like misconceptions that you hear a lot or maybe things that people tend to like that don't know the industry that they get wrong or that they think you're doing or um just like the feedlot industry in general uh yeah I mean there's a lot of those common myths that circulate the internet and social media that I see all the time from you know feedlots being factory farms and mass-produced and um you know believing that this animal abuse is just rampant throughout our industry that our beef is is causing obesity and causing uh, bad heart health you know all of those things that are just um exacerbated by consumer fears and um a lack of education and understanding of what agriculture in general is, let alone beef production. So um, I do, I don't hear, I guess on my social media platform, I don't necessarily hear a ton as much as um, maybe some larger social media, I guess, influencers might hear on their pages, but I have gotten a few that 
has specifically targeted um, me being an animal abuser or um, Mm -hmm. something like that or cattle being um, bad for the environment. Uh, Those are probably the two biggest ones that I get Mm -hmm. that I have personally encountered on my page. I do my best to respond and not react to those (laughs) comments and those messages, but it's definitely challenging. Mm, That's so hard too because I mean we get that sometimes on our account as well like anything agriculture related can be such a touchy subject and since you are like pretty active on your social media like I do kind of want to touch on that a little bit like Mm -hmm. how does your social media account kind of play into what you do as far as like feedlot nutrition like how do you tie the two together so And that's actually a really good question. So when I first started this page, it was kind of meant to be geared towards consumer education um, and just ag literacy, that kind of thing. And it still is that. I still do a ton of that. But I've also kind of, as I've grown in my professional career and I've learned more, it's kind of turned into a little bit of both consumer education as well as kind of producer education. sharing with them things they may not know or trying to provide resources for them that they may not have or may not know exist. Um, And that's definitely something I want to dive into more this year is uh, giving producers resources um, just for knowledge, uh, basically. And so while I still want to do consumer education, I've learned that kind of my audience has become more producer um, focused than it is consumer focused. Um, It's definitely more people in my agriculture space. So I want to be able to cater to them. Um, And so that's kind of how I plan to kind of, I'm kind of in the middle of a transition, um, but um, at the same time, I'm still doing what I've, what I've always done is just sharing my daily life. Um, And my daily life has changed greatly over the last three years that I've done this, you know, I'm always kind of on the move or in a different place doing something different. So I kind of have to readjust and reevaluate how I do social media each time I go into a new phase of life, but yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you're super active and like, I always love watching your stories and things like that. And then reels I've noticed are like, you do a lot of reels, which is so Mm -hmm. cool. Um, and would you say that you've seen like a lot of growth based on those? Like, what do you feel like has been most successful for your Instagram growth? Well, since Instagram's like kind of came out saying that reels were going to be the new way to grow and that it really wasn't going to be the algorithm anymore. Uh, I definitely noticed that um, my reels reach way, way more people than any of my posts do, which I kind of hate, but I guess I just need to take a more educational post approach to my reels, which is kind of hard (laughs) because I want the reels to be engaging. And I feel like it can be kind of hard to do that in an educational way. So that's also something I'm going to try and work on this year is um, making more of my hard posts into reels because it's obviously reach more people because I have noticed significant growth uh, since doing reels. And did you like grow up in the ag industry? Is that kind of where you got your heart for all of this or was it something that came later on or what's kind of your background with all of that? Mm -hmm. So I grew up in a small rural town in Eastern Nebraska. And so I didn't uh, directly grow up on a farm or ranch. Um, My mom is a nurse and my dad is recently retired from the military. So Um, they both had full-time jobs. Um, so I didn't grow up on a farmer ranch, no, but I was surrounded by agriculture in my small community. And, um, I got my start, um, in 4-H at a young age. My parents, um, they did enable us to, um, show horses and cattle. Um, I didn't show cattle until I was in high school. And that's kind of really when I got my start for 
the beef industry specifically and started to really think about pursuing a career in agriculture. And so um, I did go into my undergrad as an animal science major. And like most animal science majors, I wanted to do pre-vet. And then I quickly found out that that was not what I wanted to do. And so I fell into the next thing that I loved the most, and that was nutrition. It was just kind of um, the most interesting aspect of beef reduction to me. And I'm, I'm glad that I figured that out early on because it's made my life a little easier, maybe. Um, but then that's how I kind of fell into grad school um, as a nutrition uh or with a nutrition focus. No, I think that's so cool. And it's so like specific. And I just, I'm kind of obsessed when people have like a really specific thing that they're Mm -hmm. like focused on. I just, I'm, I'm so interested by that. So like with everything that you're doing for feedlot nutrition, what would you say is kind of one of the most challenging things that you've experienced or the harder parts of it? Grad school in general has been a very hard experience. Um, the first year of my of grad school, I, um, I spent a lot of time basically waiting, um, to do my research. Um, we have a small research yard and so, um, and we have a lot of students, um, here that are trying to do research. So it's kind of, uh, hard to do everybody at once and it's not really possible. So, um, my research didn't start until, uh, just a couple months ago. And so it kind of feels like I'm doing my entire grad school experience in a year. But so that has kind of been challenging to do that on a time crunch. Um, I think the hardest part um, about grad school and um, working at a research feedlot is just kind of finding the balance between it all. It's it's hard to to work there, um, to then go to school, to then try to have a personal life. Um, and that's just life in general. Finding a balance is really hard, I found. But maybe the hardest part is just just the mental aspect of pushing through all of those those barriers and those blocks that you experience as a grad student. Um, It's really challenging, but, um, you know, I'm just holding out that it's all going to be worth it in the end. (laughs) For sure. For sure. And then like, what would you say is one of your favorite parts about all of it? Like, what do you just absolutely love about it? Mm -hmm. Well, what I love most about it comparatively to my undergrad is that I get to learn about things that I actually care about learning about you know I'm not yeah I don't have to take history of rock and roll course that has <laughs> no application to to my passion or to what um, I'm gonna do with my life you know I get I get to really dive into the nitty-gritty of my passion and that's cattle and specifically nutrition and I love that that's basically my entire graduate college experience it's like I finally get to learn about what I've been wanting to learn about. Like, you know, you spend four years of college and undergrad and a year to a year and a half is mainly is probably what you spend learning about your actual major. And that's kind of ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's always like the worst part of college is when you have to take all those fluffy courses Mm -hmm. that have nothing to do with anything. Yeah. You're doing that. That's the worst. (laughs) It was. I, I did not enjoy that. Um, but I did always love my actual animal science courses. Yeah. And I'm also surrounded by some great faculty and advisors that, that are great people and really smart and intelligent people in the industry. And, um, that's definitely a great bonus that I get to work with them. That definitely helps for sure. I can imagine like being around those people that are like-minded or get you Mm -hmm. helps make that whole process. Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah. So how much longer do you have until you're done with school? So I will be done with all of my coursework in May, technically. Um, but my research won't be completed until probably July. So 
I will be done with all of my research um, by August for sure. And then I have to do what we call defend my thesis. And so that's basically um, writing my manuscript on my research. And then I have to present my research and um, be questioned by my uh, research committee basically and defend my research. Um, and then after that, I'll be able to graduate. So I'll probably do that stuff in September. Um, and be done then, but I guess my technical graduation date won't be till December since that's the next academic uh, graduation date. Yep. That's so I'm almost year. done. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> getting close. It's coming up really fast. I'm sure it'll it be will. It will go, go fast. That's mm-hmm. exciting. So what's like the next step after that? Then what? Mm-hmm. Like after you're done? So there's a couple different schools that I'm looking at for a PhD. So I wouldn't start those programs likely until uh, January of next year. Um, so there's a, a few different schools that I'm looking at. I'm looking at, um, maybe Texas Tech that's still down here in the panhandle and then also South Dakota State and also looking at returning back to Nebraska too. So those are probably three of the best feedlot, um, nutrition, uh, focused schools, um, I would say. So those are the three options that I'm kind of weighing at this point. So then what's, what would you say is your like long-term goal, you know, 10 years from now, where would you Mm -hmm. love to be? So ideally I would love to be consulting uh, in the industry for beef producers. I imagine myself um, working for a consulting company uh, early on in my career. And then eventually I'd love to be independent. And I know that's, it's, it's a really hard thing to do. Um, and the industry has kind of become kind of saturated um, as far as feedback consultants go. Um, and I know that the job market is really hard for some people right now that are getting out of grad school, but I'm hoping by the time I'm out that that's not an issue. But um, I want to do that. But then I also want to continue to grow um, the small cow herd that I have, um, you know, um, probably end up settling in Nebraska. So um just, uh, I would love to be consulting and growing my own ranch. And I mean, that's my ideal life. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. That's, that's the dream. Right. <laughs> I, feel it. I feel that for sure. So if you were to give maybe like somebody that's listening, if they're like, Oh, that sounds so cool. Like I want to do what you're doing. I want to go to the, that school or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. that might be, do that same major. What do you have any tips or advice for somebody that's mm-hmm. kind of up and coming or like wants to do what yeah. you're doing? Um, the best thing to do if you're an undergrad is to start talking to the faculty or advisors in the animal science department specifically um, that are in the room and nutrition department um, about grad school and asking, you know, kind of what requirements you need to meet in undergrad in order to be eligible for grad school. Um, and then they'll kind of help advise you on that and help you get through that. But they also might have some recommendations on schools you might like to go to or kind of helping you figure out what you want to study and where they think you should go for that. Um, they're really helpful in that way. Um, and also I'm sure they will have loads of advice for you as well. So just kind of finding faculty or advisors that can maybe just be a mentor to you as you go through undergrad is really helpful. Um, and it just helps build your network that way too, when you get to know those people. As far as like, can you maybe give us some, if there's anybody listening that is a part of cattle ranching or in like this industry at all, that could maybe benefit from what you're learning or anything like that? Is there like any basic knowledge that you could like offer to us about like feedlot nutrition? Um, well, let's see, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) So I know Um, that's kind of like a very open-ended question. Yeah. I guess the biggest 
um, piece of advice that I might offer, knowing that a majority of our producers are in their 60s um, and close to retiring, and there's going to be a lot of agricultural operation transitions over the next decade, um, is that being open to to change and to new ideas is really important. Um, and not just in nutrition, um, but in all aspects of producing beef, because um, we've learned a thing or two since they started raising cattle 60 years ago, you know, and um, it's important to be open to implementing those kinds of things, you know, but I understand also the um, personal ties people have to the lifestyle and how they've raised their beef um, for the last however many generations. Um, so I understand that as well, but I think just being open to being open to new ideas, to, um, having conversations that are maybe a little uncomfortable and different than what you're used to is really important. Yeah. There's always kind of that like ongoing joke I see on like social media all the time of people like talking about, Oh, I just finished, you know, ag school. And then they come back to the ranch and their dad's like, no, this is how we're doing it. Yep. Uh, so and you know, if it, if it's working for you, great. But I always say like, just because your granddad or your great granddad, did it, dad did it that way. doesn't mean it was the right way. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's for sure. Yep. Oh my gosh. So kind of jumping back into my, like your social media a little bit, what, um, like, do you have plans for your social media? Cause I mean, I know you kind of went over, like you're going through like a transition and things like that. Mm -hmm. Like what, where do you see social media, like fitting into your bigger picture of things? Is it Mm -hmm. just to help grow and grow the industry and information? Mm -hmm. Or do you have like other business avenues that you're trying to grow Mm -hmm. with that? Yeah, definitely. my one of my biggest goals for this year is to actually monetize it and start um I spent a lot of time um working on it and um trying to engage with followers that um I should probably start making it make some money for me (laughs) um so that's one of my big goals and then also like I mentioned turning it into more producer education eventually I see it becoming a part of my business as a consultant as being a resource for educational tools and maybe just and that's that's maybe a little further down the road than just this year but um eventually when I'm if I'm independently consulting you know having that be a resource um more than just Instagram um for those producers you know I'm planning on uh starting an email subscription service this this year is one of my goals um as a, as a new way to reach people because uh, we had that little Instagram scare I don't know what a few months ago and it really got me thinking I need another way of reaching people if uh, Instagram disappears someday so hey I wanted to interrupt the show for just a second to give you a little pop quiz but don't worry it's just one question all right how many of your followers are actually seeing your posts I'll wait okay ready for the answer Only about 6% of your followers are actually seeing the content that you are working so hard to create. Instagram is such a fun platform to share our brand, but it shouldn't be the only place that we are showing up for our people. Now, I'm going to say something truly wild. Have you ever considered getting an email list? Now, before you scream and kick your feet at me, listen to this. Email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media because you can pop right into your people's inboxes, get your message across without having to hope and pray that the algorithm won't do you dirty. And for the very best part, these emails don't even have to be boring or ugly. Well, at least as long as you are using my absolute favorite email marketing platform, 
Flowdesk. Flowdesk is changing the freaking game for email marketing, and not only do they make the tech super easy to understand, but it also keeps you on brand so you can show up for your people in cute emails that feel just like you. You don't even have to have a website to start an email list, which is thebomb.com, because Flowdesk has standalone web pages for people to join your list. It's easy to use, and it's pretty. What more could we possibly ask for, right? You can lock yourself in for 50% off Flowdesk for life. Yeah, that's right. I said for life. Enjoy unrestricted features for just $19 per month forever. Plus, there's a free trial too. If you're ready to get hooked on Flowdesk, then head to sarahelrod.com slash Flowdesk to claim your discount. That's sarahelrod.com slash F-L-O-D-E-S-K to start sending happy mail today. Um, that's one of my biggest goals is uh, providing producers with resources, um, whether it's just journal articles that I've read that I found interesting that I might be able to break down for a producer because scientific writing can get really hard to understand, even even for me, even for people who write science. I'm not sure they know what they're even talking about sometimes. So just kind of breaking down that kind of information for producers, because there is so much information on the Internet, but sometimes it doesn't make any sense. And sometimes it's really inaccessible. So that's something I see playing into my business in the future. Yeah, I think you brought up like a really important point. Like when you're saying that, that like that science talk can be so hard mm-hmm. to understand. And for people like me, I love just I'm such a visual person and like mm-hmm. things broken up into smaller, like prettier chunks of information yes. and like scrolling through your Instagram. I mean, your feed's beautiful. You have really like eye catching photos and then just like they're all full of information your captions are well thought out and everything like that and all the reels you post are they're funny or they're they are (laughs) informational and all that kind of stuff so I think that's really helpful for people with those kinds of brains where it's hard to hear somebody just talk a bunch of random jargon (laughs) whereas if something's broken up in a a prettier way or a simpler way yeah definitely makes it right for sure and I mean it's that's definitely one of the scientific community's biggest weaknesses is not being able to relay information to the public in a way that makes sense. I mean, I read stuff all the time where I'm like, I have no idea what I just read. Um, And so, and when I do write posts that um, require a lot of scientific explanation, I spend a lot of time reading different stuff so that I can best, so I know how to understand it. And so then I can relay that information. So that's how I know I understand something is if I can describe it well enough that other people understand it. Yeah, no, that makes that makes so much sense. And and I think that's such a good way to put like what you're doing or what you're trying to do too, is like kind of bridging that gap of, mm-hmm. of information that people are, you know, too scared to learn about, because it just sounds hard. And, and you're mm-hmm. like that, that gateway now that's like, yeah, mm-hmm. And like it's not scary come here <laughs> right for sure for sure exactly that's a great way to put it I think that's really really cool I love that so much um well yeah and then do you like really quick because I've noticed like you obviously have I mean so many pretty pictures when you go through your Instagram but are you like really into like western fashion I feel like I see different like fashiony photos and things like that can you mm-hmm. maybe like is that just like a side hobby or would you love to like take that somewhere you know, I, I do love uh, fashion and I've kind of dabbled in it a little bit. And I thought about maybe taking that a little further this year, um, but maybe with more, maybe not necessarily just fashion, but like Western workwear brands. Um, That's cool. Um, 
So that is something I have kind of thought about as much. We'll just see kind of how much time I end up having this year, um, trying to finish my degree. (laughs) But that just kind of is like a little, it's something I really do love. It's just, um, it's not the main focus of my page. So I just kind of sprinkle it in here and there for fun. No, I (laughs) Um, love it. That's a part of me, but uh, definitely something I, I have considered. I definitely, I love it. And I think it, it's such a good way to bring in people from all kinds of different industries, you know, just the different types of audience. Right. Follow you. Well, right. And I mean, being a, a female in agriculture and specifically the feedlot industry, um, you know, that's not something I guess people typically expect. And so, you know, it's maybe something a little different and maybe just like a wake up call to like, yeah, hey, um, we like to be pretty too. And we like to dress up. Um, yeah. We're not dirty all the time. You know, yeah. um, I've gotten a couple comments like that recently about, you know, the way I look or the way I dress um, mm-hmm. being a woman in ag. And it's just, it's just kind of comical. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. There's stereotypes about how you should look or how you shouldn't look and what I think. It's- yeah. I'm just like, are we, are we supposed to be big, ugly women? Like what, what is a woman <laughs> in ag supposed to look like? We're all supposed to walk around in dirty overalls all the time. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, apparently uh, so. So I kind of do like sprinkle that in there just to say, you know, Hey, I, I'm a, I am a female. Yeah. <laughs> I do dress like one. Yeah, I can do both. No, I think that's, that's so cool. And and yeah, it's, it is again, kind of like drawing that, creating that bridge between two kind of different industries. It's all, you know, one umbrella thing, but it can, mm-hmm. how you can tie the two different aspects yeah. together. I think that's, that's really cool and, and mm-hmm. something that more people should be doing. So yeah. I love that. I think it helps make you more relatable too, you know, just to different types of people, you know, makes you not seem so different or intimidating mm-hmm. in a way, I guess. hundred percent. Why don't you go ahead and share with people like where they can find you, where they can find your beautiful Instagram and any other mm-hmm. places on the internet you want them to check out or anything like that? Like let them know. Yeah. Where so I am on Instagram as ag acknowledged. Uh, my name is Anna Kobza. If you search that, it'll probably come up too. Um, I am on Facebook. Um, I'm pretty sure my name is just Anna Kobza because I've tried to change it to Ag Acknowledge forever, but Facebook will not let me change it. So I'm pretty sure that's, um, it's just that. Um, I'm definitely, I'm still active on my Facebook account because there are links linked to my Instagram, but um, I'm definitely, you definitely get the whole experience when you're on Instagram versus Facebook. Um, but then I do have a website that's linked in the bio of my Instagram account um, and my Facebook account as well that um, kind of gives you insight to a little bit more about me. Um, I did sell some apparel earlier this year, um, and hopefully we'll have another round of that coming out this year, but, um, and that's where you can find, um, information about me, um, subscribe to that email list that I'm planning on, uh, putting out this year as well. Um, and then I also have a plan to, since I do love Western and like agricultural photography, um, maybe selling some prints that I've taken, um, as well. So lots of plans for that website this year. Um, hopefully I can get it done. Yes. I love it. I love the multi-passionate. That's, yes. <laughs> so here for it. And it is, it's a balance and just, I mean, so many things come with all that. I but know. You seem like you have a lot of drive and motivation. So I mm-hmm. bet you'll do great. I love that. Well, awesome. Yeah. Definitely check out our website. Cause I clicked on it and it is beautiful. So I love how it's laid out. So <laughs> that's awesome. 
Well, thank you so much, Anna, for being here and like letting me talk to you and ask you questions. And I'm sure this is going to benefit so many people. And just it's fun to get to know like different people within this industry. I just I love getting to learn all the different little aspects of the Western industry. I think that's so yeah. Cool. No, thank you so much. I love doing this kind of stuff and getting to talk talk to people on Instagram in real life. It's great. Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Branded Cowgirl podcast. To stay up to date on the show, give input, ask questions, and more, make sure to join the exclusive Facebook group just for listeners. You can also follow us on Instagram and check out all of the show notes by going to sarahelrodblog.com slash brandedcowgirlpodcast. That's sarahelrodblog.com slash brandedcowgirlpodcast. And if you have not yet, make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts so that this show can continue to grow and get into the ears of more Western creatives just like you. All right, y'all, I will see you in the next one.